Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Alrighties, welcome to Market View. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and it's Market Wrap of the Week on Market View today since it's Friday. Let's first check in on how markets are faring at the moment. Taking a look at the SGX website, we have the STI down in the red. It's down 0.45% at 3,186 points. We have decliners leading the pack, 217 to advancers at 207 after about 615 million securities worth 444 million. Singapore dollars changed hands so far. So to take a look at how the STI fared in the past week, joining me in the studio today is Jihae Lee, who's a research analyst at the SGX. Jihae, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hongbin. Thank you so much for joining me. Jihae, you know, the STI seems like it's open in the red today, still down in the red territory. How did the STI perform this week? Yes, indeed. It is still in the red. It opened slightly lower at 3,198 this morning, Mm -hmm. at points lower than yesterday's close of 3,201. In the morning session, we did see it continue in the red, trading about 10 points lower. This is overall in line with Asia-Pacific markets uh, in the region, continuing this fall after we saw stocks on Wall Street falling on this really dented hopes of earlier Fed rate cuts, Mm -hmm. um, especially after the latest U.S. inflation data was released. It came in hotter than expected. And so we saw these moves overnight on Wall Street having a slight mild Mm sell-off. And they were particularly driven by this you know, disappointment and sentiment because we saw this rally leading up to the data release in hopes of a good inflation Mm -hmm. rating, aka contained CPI, due to the numerous rate hikes that we've seen from the Federal Reserve throughout 2022 and 2023. Mm. Over the past week up to last night, the Straits Times Index was up 0.5%, outperforming some regional markets that sold off. Of course, with the exception of Japanese markets that really saw a rally this week, marking the highest since February 19th. In terms of the STI for the past five sessions across our full market, rather, we saw institutional investors net buy over 165 million Sing dollars. Okay, okay. We'll dive in deeper about the CPI data that we saw overnight and later in our discussion. But who were the biggest movers on the STI this week? Overall, as of Thursday evening, there were 21 gainers throughout the week, five decliners, and the rest were flat. Mm -hmm. The leading names for the previous five sessions on the STI were SATs, which was up more than 7%, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding, also up more than 5%, and Semcorp gaining more than 4%, as well as Singapore Airlines. So these averaged about more than 5% in gains. In terms of decliners, the biggest decliners, on the other hand, they were Wilmar International, DFI Retail Group, Citrium, mm-hmm. and Keppel, and these averaged about a decline of 1.5%. Mm-hmm. Now, from a fund flow perspective, OCBC, UOB, and SATs, they drove most of the fund flows this week with nearly more than 160 million Sing dollars in terms of institutional net inflows. Um, and on the other hand, the largest outflows were seen in Keppel, DC REIT, Singtel, Maple Tree Industrial Trust, and Citrium. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of sectors, largest net inflows were seen across financial services, industrials, utilities, and real estate, excluding REITs, while the largest net outflows were seen in REITs, telecommunications, consumer non-cyclicals, and technology. Uh, And this probably reflects this higher for longer interest rate environment. Uh, We've seen Federal Reserve officials really really try to downplay market expectations Mm -hmm. of seeing an earlier 
rate cut to come this year, such as Cleveland President Loretta Mester telling Bloomberg that a cut seen in March could be a bit too early. Uh, Okay, I see. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier there that one of the decliners was Keppel. And I just want to dive into Keppel for just a bit. You know, Keppel, they signed a multi-year power supply agreement with Global Foundries. Tell us more about this announcement. How did Keppel react to this? Well, first off, Keppel announced this week on Tuesday that its infrastructure division signed this multi-year power purchase agreement with semiconductor manufacturer Global Foundries. And what this means under this deal, Keppel will be providing 150 to 180 megawatts Mm -hmm. of electricity each year to power Global Foundries Singapore operations. This is expected to commence this year, May 1st. And Global Foundries is expected to be a significant long-term off-taker mm-hmm. of electricity from the upcoming Keppel Sacra Kogan plant, mm-hmm. also known as KSC. Mm-hmm. And it's expected to contract about 25% of KSC's total generation capacity for more than 15 years when this plant is operational. I see. Well, you know, the infrastructure division, it contributes the most to Keppel's revenue. So when is Keppel going to report earnings? It is coming up. Lots of earnings are ahead. Well, Keppel's infrastructure worth noting here is that this division itself makes up two-thirds of its revenue. And it consists of an integrated power business as well as a decarbonization and a sustainability solutions business. In terms of the first nine months of 2023, Keppel's renewable energy portfolio grew to 3.0 gigawatts. Mm -hmm. That makes up over 60% of its total energy portfolio to 4 0.9 gigawatts with projects across spectrums of solar, wind, and to a lesser extent, hydropower. Now, this 4.9 gigawatts portfolio is on a gross basis, mm-hmm. and it includes projects that are under development with 64% of capacity operational, while 36% is still under development. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of earnings, Keppel will be reporting its full year earnings on the 1st of February, and its REITs will be reporting their respective earnings between the period of 26th of January and the 31st. You know, on top of this agreement or this multi-year power supply agreement with Global Foundries, you know, Keppel also announced that, you know, it is acquiring a real estate fund in Europe at the end of last year. So what is the motivation behind that? Well, so back in December, Keppel proposed the acquisition of Airmont Capital, and Mm -hmm. this is a leading European real estate asset manager and a top European real estate firm in terms of funds raised in terms of the last five years. Mm -hmm. Now, Airmont will be Keppel's European real estate platform, and this consideration of up to 517 million Sing dollars for the initial 50% stake Mm -hmm. in Airmont is intended to be funded through a combination of cash and treasury shares acquired through Keppel's earlier share buyback program. And the acquisition of this initial 50% stake in Airmont is expected to be completed in the first half of the year, of course, subject to identified regulatory and other approvals. This deal is also expected to immediately result in earnings to mm-hmm. Keppel and will bolster Keppel's funds under management, mm-hmm. uh, which is projected to grow over to $77 billion Sing dollars from it currently stands at 53 
$3 billion, mm. really helping the company edge closer to its target of $100 billion target by 2026. Mm, lots of development there. But correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Keppel was one of these stocks that performed the best within the STI last year. So given these latest developments, can it outperform this year as well? It is a mixed picture, especially <laughs> the declines that we're seeing recently yeah. as well. But in terms of the whole of 2023, yes, Keppel and Semcorp Industries, they really were the leading names of the entire Straits Times Index mm-hmm. throughout the year with both stocks generating just over 60% oh, wow. uh, in total returns for the year. This comes despite having seen so much volatility in global markets throughout the year. But both stocks have really continued to pursue renewable energy mm-hmm. solutions and as well. Now, aside from this multi-year power supply agreement with Global Foundries, Keppel, alongside Mitsubishi Power, Jurong Engineering Consortium, they're also developing Singapore's first hydrogen-ready cogeneration plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, for Semcorp, their recent developments include the 285 megawatts hour Semcorp energy storage system mm-hmm. and the upcoming 600 megawatts hydrogen-ready power plant, which is expected to be operational by 2026. Okay, well, moving on to our trio of banks as well, Jihei, how did our local banks perform so far? So driving the STI gains, a trio of DBS, OCBC, UOB, Mm -hmm. they averaged around 43.6% total returns over the past four Mm -hmm. years from 2019. The combined quarterly net interest income of the trio gradually increased from 5.7 5.7 billion. This is as of the fourth quarter of 2019. Mm-hmm. And by the third quarter of 2023, it reached 8.4 billion. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a jump there. And in 2023 alone, the STI generated a 4.7% total return. This is in line with the FTSE ASEAN Extended mm-hmm. 60 Index's uh, total return of 3.7% in Singapore dollar terms. But the STI bank net interest margins in late 2023 and early 2024 saw the TRIO average 5.8% total returns. The TRIO's combined weight worth noting here in the STI going into 2024 is nearly 47%. Okay, so you know, since our local banks did enjoy some boost from that high interest rate environment of 2023, what's the outlook like for our trio of banks given that rate cuts are now in store? They definitely enjoyed, you know, a certain part of the high interest rate environment, especially with the net interest margins. But there was a likely trade-off with loan growth. And that's where the rate cuts will be coming in to really benefit that. Mm -hmm. DBS CEO Piyush Gupta mentioned in a recent earnings call that loan growth has definitely been Mm -hmm. a really weak sector, but especially with this higher for longer rates environment. But lowering those rates, a.k.a. these Federal Reserve rate cuts, they might really, you know, provide that support to get consumers to take on more borrowing and more advances for commercial banks with a lower interest rate. I see. Then what other sectors in Singapore could, you know, potentially benefit from interest rate cuts? Obviously, growth sectors like technology. Mm. You know, we have the names of UMS Adventure Mm. here listed in Singapore. Definitely be a beneficiary of big rate cuts. Another sector that's likely to benefit is the REITs, real estate developers area. Mm -hmm. We've really already seen that S REITs experienced that November bounce back 
back mm. on expectations that the Fed's done hiking interest rates. And so we could really see that momentum continue on with further rate cuts. Looks like there's a lot to look out for. But speaking of rate cuts, I mean, we saw further clues on when rate cuts could potentially roll in after, you know, that CPI data was released overnight. Mm-hmm. What does the latest inflation data signal? So it came in hotter than expected, yep. but this data doesn't really show support for the case of the Fed making that, you know, huge dovish pivot to cutting mm-hmm. interest rates as early as, you know, market expectations are saying as March. We saw somewhat of a muted market reaction, a little bit of a sell-off, but according to the CME Fed watch tool, we're Mm -hmm. pricing in nearly a 70% probability to see the first cut in March and up to a 40% chance of seeing a cut of 150 basis points by the end of the year. Okay, okay. We'll see what happens throughout the year. But also looking ahead, Jihei, and... AI-powered ETF is also launching later this month, according to terms released last week. Tell us more about this ETF. Yes, it's been a very exciting ETF year for Mm -hmm. SGX in 2023, and we're expecting an exciting year ahead as well. The first ETF to kick off our year is the Lion Nomura Japan Active ETF. Okay. So this product is a product that allows investors to tap into Japan's stock market. We really saw that Mm. Nikkei on Topics hit the highest since 1990. So this ETF uses a strategy that's backed by, wait for it, artificial intelligence. Wow. It's it's an active ETF. AI is not going anywhere. It's definitely not. It's not. But this active ETF, it means that it'll be actively managed by a set manager and they'll be using technology from AI to take clues and take hints Mm. and whether or not they want to implement this. In this case, Lion Global Investors will be the managers. And in comparison to passive ETF, they normally aim to track uh, the constituent securities of an underlying index. But for an active ETF, the holdings would be focused on something that's more selected by the Mm. manager. And in the Lion Nomura Japan Active ETF's case, they'll be focusing on 50 to 100 Japanese Mm. companies that are listed on the topics. Now, how it uses AI is using AI-powered models to evaluate hundreds of factors and assigning uh, scores to each stocks in the investable universe. So this investment team then selects and assigns weight to the stocks based on their AI model scores. Mm. So this ETF is not only Singapore's first actively managed one, but also its first AI-powered one. Uh, And this launch of ETF not only marks a significant milestone after these new listing requirements for active ETFs Mm -hmm. that were released back in December, but also brings investors, you know, new and creative ways to the asset management space with more varieties of options to select from. So some household key names that are included in this ETF include Toyota, Mm -hmm. Sony, Mitsubishi, UFJ Financial Group, as well as Kians, which is an Apple supplier. I should take a look into it, this AI-powered ETF. Quite interesting. But as you mentioned, you did say that 2023 SGX witnessed a lot of ETFs that were launched. In fact, there were five new ETFs that launched for the year of 2023. How did they perform? It was a very interesting year indeed. All five ETFs that were launched throughout last year, they were focused on equities. So two of them offers exposures to the Asian market 
market, excluding Japan, and has an emphasis on climate action and technology sectors. So these are the iShares MSCI Asia X Japan Climate Action ETF and the CSOP iEdge Southeast Asia Plus Tech Index ETF. Mm. It's quite a mouthful, but you know, <laughs> if you look into the constituents of it, they are quite straightforward. Okay. Um, for the MSCI AC Asia X Japan Climate Action Index ETF, uh, it ended the year of 2023 with a 618 million Sing dollars assets under management, mm. and it also ranked the sixth highest AUM among all SGX listed ETFs. Okay. There were also ETFs that targeted the Chinese market that debuted as well, but overall, collectively, these five ETFs that were launched throughout 2023, overall, they attracted a total of $765 million oh, wow. uh, Sing dollars in net inflows for the year of 2023, and overall, these ETFs that what we saw in terms of performance, in terms of the whole ETF sector uh, listed in Singapore, the ETFs that focused on the U.S. and India markets, mm -hmm. uh, we really saw them outperforming, especially with the growth prospects of India mm. that's really been on investors' minds lately. So U.S. and India market-focused ETFs, they really outperformed the other regions, mm -hmm. while the ETFs that targeted China markets obviously underperformed, especially with economic data coming out of Beijing, really disappointing market expectations. Nice. The ETFs that invest in gold mm. also was worth one of the best, actually indeed the best performer mm. among the other asset classes. And this especially reflects investor sentiment mm. uh, amid this volatility in markets that we saw across the globe. And it really, you know, beat the collected returns of the other three asset classes with global uncertainty, risks, you know, hazy outlook for investors <laughs> and businesses. I mean, given all the political tensions, it's no surprise that gold did outperform last year. But, you know, you did mention a couple of things that we already have to look out for this year, including Keppel's performance, you know, our rate cuts, as well as new ETFs. But what should investors then pay close attention to going into the year of 2024? Well, there's a number of things that, you know, everybody's looking into and investors across the world are mm -hmm. really paying close attention to, one of them being elections. There's already one in Taiwan underway yep. um, and the U.S. and lots of different markets. And these are a lot of moving factors that will really shape and mold investor sentiment mm -hmm. around it. Another one that investors are really closely watching is this external-led recovery and how markets and the synergies uh, within the global market are really going to be really leading up to that uh -huh. market recovery and how that shapes out, especially after that volatility and in growth that we saw throughout 2023. Uh, another aspect for 2024 is less tight labor market mm -hmm. and hoping that could, you know, result in in more optimistic yep. views for investors as well. And like we mentioned earlier, there's rate cuts, the moderation of inflation data, mm -hmm. as well as the normalization of monetary policy. Recently, we saw the Japanese market really rally in terms of hopes of the Bank of Japan, mm -hmm. you know, also pivoting to normalization in terms of right. monetary policy as well. And last but not least, you know, uncertainties around geopolitics. Mm -hmm. We've got uncertainties in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, we've got trade tensions between U.S. and China, as mm -hmm. well as the ongoing conflict in the Middle East. And these are likely to persist. But 
as much as there are uncertainties, <laughs> there are opportunities for investments and it could be a very exciting year for 2024. Looks like a lot to look out for. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insights today, Jihei. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been speaking to Jihei Li, who's the research analyst at the SGX. This has been Market Wrap of the Week on Market View. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.